It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast where one of the hosts has admitted that he only remembers about 25% of the podcast that was recorded after the Chiefs game on Sunday. I'm not going to state which host that is, but it might have been the one that was walking out of the stadium while recording. We're back for another week of Baltimore Sports Talk. Banks, RDT, myself, Taylor Smythe. And guys, I think we're all, well, maybe not you, RDT, but me and Banks still riding the high off of Sunday's gigantic win against the Chiefs. Make sure to go back and listen to our instant analysis podcast that featured Banks walking out of the stadium, that featured me fresh out of the bar. It was a fun show and, and was sort of the raw emotion of the moment. Now, I guess three days removed, guys. Where? How do you feel about where this win slots? And obviously, there's been a tremendous amount of content afterwards from the Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, go for it, from the Harbaugh inspiring post-game speech to the team. Um, you know, some, some great stats about how effective the Ravens' offensive line was. Uh, but Banks, where do you now, you know, now that you're, you know, set a little bit, this is now in a little bit more context. Uh, where does your mind sit as the Ravens enter week three against the Lions? Well, first of all, you stole my thunder a little bit with a little spiel about the 25% and all that. That was, uh, yeah, that was a fun time. I should have knocked on your door, by the way. Mm, I, I wanted you to like barge in and like just do the rest of the podcast, <laughs> like sitting right next to Taylor. Taylor's a notorious door locker. Like even when he knows people are coming over in the near future, like he doesn't leave the door unlocked. I mean, it's Baltimore. Yeah. We keep the door locked. We keep the door locked over here at the house. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's okay. It'll have it locked at 1230 (laughs) on a Sunday night. Especially, especially when there's like, there's like 20,000 people about to walk past my house. That's true. (laughs) It's a fun time. Open like a real man. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah the monday man that's kind of one of the best days to have that big win all that buzz especially primetime game and then you just get the revel in it because it's the one game everybody was watching the entire country two of the you know best teams in the league going at it especially a team that was expected to have no chance i mean vegas absolutely cleaned up in that game i think before kick there were like 29 times more tickets on the Chiefs than there were on the Ravens. People were laying heavy on the Chiefs. People didn't expect the Ravens to have a chance whatsoever. And just that just adds to the entire narrative and just the entire excitement after a big win like that. So you just like wake up on Monday and you just still feel the same way. Maybe a little hungover, but you don't care one bit. You just read all the articles. You watch all the videos. Slowly they all trickle out. Um should have watched Ravens Wire tonight. I haven't done that yet, but I'm going to do that. I'm very excited to do that. Um, but, yeah, it's it's we, we kind of touched on it a little bit on that podcast because I did have to go back and re-listen to it and all that. Uh, but it this resets the expectations for the season a little bit. It kind of resets the AFC North. Um, it undoes what happened with the Raiders. We thought that we'd be probably one-on-one at this point, and we're one-on-one. And so we're all the other teams. So we just moved from here and we've got a couple um, very, uh, we'll, we'll call them easy games or easy games here in front of us for us to kind of catch our breath and try to get some of these guys on the IR back on the field. And, and we can look to the future and, and continue to try to manage this, you know, pretty injured roster, this offensive line. That's kind of a, a shifting, you know, week by week thing. So um, 
I, we're back on track. I mean, I, I think I said in the interview that you'll listen to later that we uh, we're more favored to win the AFC North than we were before week one. So Vegas likes us now again. I mean, they still liked us before, but um, there's, there's reason to believe that we're right where we need to be. Um, obviously you'd like to have your, your near hundred million dollar left tackle out there. You'd love to have your, your shutdown uh, corner out there, but um, we're, we're making do with what we have. And I think that you can take a lot from Monday or Sunday night's game and feel good about what this team's capable of in spite of these injuries. Yeah. I think one of the, the positives that the Ravens have moving into Sunday is and we talked about it before the Chiefs game, that the Lions game could potentially be a get-well game for an 0-2 team. Now it's like a get-ahead-of-the-sticks, get-above-500 type of game against the Lions team that, I mean, over the course of the first two weeks, I think you would have to say is not trending necessarily in the right direction. Um to be fair, I think that they've shown more flashes than I think anyone expected to to this point. They played a good, what, quarter and a half there. Um, they've essentially a- played two different games. They essentially played a really good first half or a good quarter and a half against the Packers, and then they were getting blown out by San Francisco and made it a game at the end. Yeah, so now it's like you said, it, it looked like a game where we're going to try to kind of get our feet back under us. I think now it's a game where we just want to get ahead early. We want to coast a lot uh, in the second half and try to keep ourselves, you know, off the injury report. I do have some concerns and this is maybe a bigger conversation. Like we did what we had to do Sunday night in terms of Lamar going out there and running the football a shit ton and getting downfield and making shit happen over 17 games with these running backs out and all that, those types of, you know, and this is an old narrative too, but there is some validity to the fact that if he goes out there and gets hit, uh, you know, over and over and over, that's going to build up, especially over a 17 game season instead of 16. So you want to find these opportunities where you can get ahead and uh, maybe take some of the ease off of his legs so he can kind of rest up and get where he needs to be for these bigger games where we can use this type of offense that we had the other night um, and really go for it 100% in terms of. Um, just letting our best player get the football and, and make plays with it. I think you have to use this type of game to hopefully, you know, I think Tyson Williams has maybe emerged as the number one back, but to get guys like Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman, maybe a little more comfortable in the offense. Latavius Murray had a great quote where he was like, yeah, I don't really know anyone's name on the team. I'm just saying, Hey, to everybody. <laughs> I don't know anybody's <laughs> name. So like that kind of shows you how, how much they're having to infuse a lot of guys that haven't been on the team. So I think, you know, one of the things you're going to continue to have to watch is, you know, some of these guys that they're signing off the street, whether those guys play, you know, how they rotate snap counts. I think it would be nice for the Ravens defense to come out and have a really good game in this game. I mean, you know, the offense has kind of done what they needed to do in both games and, you know, look, it's the Chiefs week two. And this, you know, Raiders offense may have proven to be better than maybe we gave them credit for going into week one. But the Ravens defense, I think this is a game where it would be nice for them to show up and not have, you know, the offense, not that you don't want to score 35, but not need to score 35. to win. The yeah. Game. To be fair, the defense gave up 28 um, to the Chiefs with the pick six mixed in there. 
Correct. Um, but yes, yes. and it's the Chiefs, so that's a, that's a throwaway. I think though the week one getting better after finishing the game after not finishing on defense week one, a, a more complete four quarter game would be nice to see. Yeah. So was doing. I do a lot of research in this particular area. I love because of the way the Ravens play offense differently than other teams. I like to look at their statistics per drive and their time of possession and things like that. Because if you start to do the whole thing where you try to count their yards per game versus other teams, it doesn't fit because they play a shorter game with the way they run the football than other teams. So um, I want to look at their percentage of how many drives are they scoring on. So far, they've had 22 drives. If you cut out the the kneels and those types of, of drives, the 22 drives, they've scored on 11 of them. 50% of their drives. I did research towards the end of the 2019 season. There were only 12 teams in NFL history to that point that have ever scored on half or more of their drives. And the 2019 Ravens were one of those teams. And so, so far they're right at that marker. They're scoring on 11% or uh, not 11, 11 out of 22 of their drives. They scored six touchdowns. It's pretty much right where you want them to be. Um, there's just a few, there's turnovers mixed in and that's what we got to clean up the fumbles against Oakland or not Oakland, Las Vegas. Um, and then obviously what the pick six was a, was a freak Sammy Watkins slipping kind of play. And then Lamar obviously wants the one back across the middle of the field, but, um, yeah, the offense is doing all the right things. And then you look at the other side of the ball and then the defense has had two tough, tough draws, like you said, against two good offenses. Um, and, and they're still trying to get their legs without Marcus Peters. But um, you're, ac- you're absolutely right. This is a game where they want to try to show their teeth and try to get their feet under them and try to hold a team to, you know, 10 points or something. You guys know the spread for this game? I believe it's been mixing. It's been around eight or nine since opening late last week. I'm seeing seven and a half. Okay. I'm it's been moving towards the Lions, actually. As of today. Um, that is probably the injury report. There's a lot of guys that didn't practice today. That is in an athletic article via bet MGM. So I don't know if you guys want to go through the barstool app, but, uh, that is, that is what I'm seeing right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this is one of those, I I said this on Sunday where hopefully the Ravens can start stacking some wins here, um, and, and kind of start to kind of feel themselves, you know, this, this would be, you know, you, you lose a lot of the good feelings from Sunday if you go out and lay an egg in this game. I don't think the Ravens will. I think that the Lions, you know, are one of those franchises that the Ravens kind of feast on, um, you know, that just straight up aren't as good. And the Ravens go in there and, you know, kind of the organizational strength is what carries them through and the ability to kind of stick to an identity um, against a, a team that changes coaches and quarterbacks. And although I guess that Matt Stafford was the, the long-standing uh, man under center there, but kind of changes identities all the time. Um, this is just a team that rarely beats the Ravens, um, especially in a spot where, you know, they're coming off of having good feelings. You know, Jared Goff is not a guy that really scares anybody. You're going to see some really, really good throws. You're going to see some, some absolute debauchery from him. Um, so we will see what happens. TJ Hawkinson seems like the one guy you got to look out for. It's yeah. interesting. And especially where, Waller, you know, Waller was just kind of fed by the Raiders. We'll see if the Right, right. Coming out of week one, I think a lot of people were terrified, myself included, of what Travis Kelsey was capable of against that defense after Darren Waller had his way with them, especially in the second half. So 
Um, yeah, we didn't exactly shut Kelsey down. He had the one big play, but other than that big play, I, I think that we neutralized him a lot more than maybe we could have expected to. So um, maybe that's something that's trending in the right direction. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I do know that Wink Martindale did a fantastic job in terms of just completely flipping his defense on a head from a week to week basis. And I mean, even, even the chief said in the post game that they were completely thrown off by the fact that the Ravens just weren't throwing blitz after blitz after blitz at Patrick Mahomes. So we'll see what, what the identity of this defense becomes, because I think a lot of the blitz heavy scheme was based on the fact that you had the security blanket back there and Marcus Peters, but now we're, we're probably, you know, adjusting for that and, and putting guys more back into coverage on a case by case basis. The, the real interesting part is whether or not um, the adjustment we made was specific to Patrick Mahomes because he crushed us against the blitz for the first three matchups we played against him. So I'm interested to see if he kind of reverts back to that blitz heavy scheme. I feel like Jared Goff's a guy you want to blitz a lot. So yeah, they blitz Mahomes just on just 18.2% of defensive snaps. 40, it was 49% last year, 42% in 2019. So that's a, that's a lot down. Travis Kelsey said he thought we would see a lot more blitzes. It seemed like a lot of the, you know, writers kind of going through, they were doing a lot of disrupting of Travis Kelsey on the line of scrimmage and then kind of sending like delayed rushers as opposed to like bringing a lot of guys immediately. Um, so that's, that's just a really good job and, and, and shows how good Link Martindale is to, to be able to kind of adjust what he's known for doing. Um, and the Ravens did a great job taking away Tyreek Hill. I mean, they, they let other guys kind of beat them, but and I don't know if we talked about that a ton Sunday. There was a thousand things to talk about. But Tyreek Hill, who, you know, is almost impossible to keep quiet just because of how dynamic he is, was kept quiet. Um, and that's impressive. You have to think about how much Sammy Watkins may have mattered to that offense the last couple of years because he runs all this stuff underneath that might open up opportunities for – for the, for the speedier guys like Hollywood Brown has kind of gotten loose. And if he even could have caught another long touchdown early in that first quarter. So um, I don't know. That is just food for thought. Yeah. The question will be like for the chiefs, not the thinking about the chiefs, but whether, you know, guys like McCole Hardman and Marcus Robinson pretty lot the touchdown. Like if those guys rotate in and are able to kind of provide similar production to Watkins. Um, and I think that's what the chiefs are betting on. Can we get this similar production? a little cheaper from guys that we don't have as much invested in. Um, so far they've been in two close games. So um, RDT, from your perspective, what do you, what do you see from this, this game on Sunday? I mean, I'm, you guys have said it, this is the ultimate get right game. Like, and I feel like we said that last year with, I think the, the Redskins game and, and mm. a couple of the other games, but like, this just feels like a, I know we kind of gave the fake answers to the Monday night, uh, we could say that they were fake predictions for the Monday night Raiders. Um, this feels like, like a 44 14 game, like Tyler, a lot of Tyler Huntley in the second half. Um, Cause I mean, I'm looking at the lions rosters right now and their, their offensive stats. Like, do you know, let's take away Hawkinson and take away their two running backs. Do you know what wide receiver leads them in, in receiving and catches this year? No, it's, Quintez Cephas with seven catches. Quintez Cephas. Like, I get it, seven catches, 75 yards, you know, and two touchdowns. But, like, again, I mean, you take away Hawkinson, you take away Swift. I mean, this, t- this, this team is not very – they're just not good. 
And like you said, they're, they're one of those constant teams. They were, they were the Browns for a while. It's almost like the game, the game is pretty much. And like, you'll never hear Lamar. You'll never hear Harbaugh say this. Like the game is pretty much won already. It's like, just go in there. Don't get hurt. Like I, I, I cannot see a world where the, where these Ravens go into Detroit. I don't care if it's in Detroit, if it's, if it's on the moon, I don't care where it is. Like, I don't, I, you, I don't see them losing this game at all. Unless, unless several key players get hit by a bus in the next coming day, days, I don't, I mean, there's just, this is like, this may be a game we don't see that much on red zone on Sunday. I'll say that. I don't know. I've seen enough games that just go sideways sometimes. Well, yeah. Like you just and, never know, but this, in a this, dome, at least you can at least say, Hey, there's one less thing that could go crazy, you know? Yeah. And, and, I also like, you know, we, we, you talked before about how like we, you know, t- people want to see the team get back to the 2019 foot on the gas pedal, r- absolutely running a team out of the building. I think this is a prime candidate for it. I think the, I think what you said is just stay healthy. That's I mean, the, yeah. Like don't, yeah. you know, you don't need a fourth they quarter. Not, they cannot afford it. They Marlon cannot. rolling his ankle or so, you know, you don't need another lineman going down something like that. Um, and who knows, Dan Campbell? I mean, they're biting kneecaps over there. So. Yeah, I was gonna say Not that. Saying he's dirty, too, but biting, something you got to keep an eye out for. I think the the fi- go ahead, Eric. I was gonna say, like, I'm looking at the raw. It's not even like they, they don't, Michael Brocker's revenge game, maybe. Um, <laughs> you know, I, like I'm looking through their defensive guys, and I I don't know any of these guys. I mean, Jamie Collins, I guess, isn't gonna play because they're trying to trade him. I mean, there's like no, it's not, it's not like they have any of these dirty guys on the team too, but I don't, I mean, this game, this might as well be a fourth preseason game. I think the one other interesting thing to watch will be how the Ravens kind of um, rotate that offensive line again. Like what, what does everybody play? I'm you know, you're assuming Stanley won't be back. So Villanova will be back at left tackle how are they rotating this Ben Cleveland, Ben power situation that, that, that the snap count distribution there will be interesting as they try to figure out what the best five guys is. Down there. Why was Cleveland not starting? Uh, I, I, I kind of just assumed that he was a starter coming into the, the season. I know he didn't, I know he started, did he start last game or did he just play a lot? Cause I know he didn't start week one, correct? No, he, he had been working his way back from a concussion and some other okay. minor things, but um, I, I figure they're just kind of easing him in or something mm-hmm. and not to say that Ben powers hasn't gone out and done his part because I think the interior line has been awesome for in yeah. both games. It's yeah, really well, just the tackles were a disaster in week one. And I mean, Patrick McCarries deserves a lot of credit for the way he played the other night too, because he, I mean, going from undrafted center to having to step in on Monday night football against Aaron Donald and playing the way he did. And then, Last year, doing the thing with Skura where, mm-hmm. you know, those guys were having their their troubles and, and, and eventually they just said, hey, Bozeman played center in college. Let's just – we had moved him away from that, but let's move him to that and let's shuffle some things around. For him to step out to tackle, though, that's a completely different animal and he, he's, he did a great job so far. Yeah. No, and, and you're, you're right about all the pressure seemingly coming from the outside. I mean, that, that, that's all it was on, on the Monday night and – Sunday night there wasn't just wasn't much of it. Announcers, we haven't done announcers this entire time because the Ravens have been on prime time, so that's that's been obvious. You guys want to guess that there's a one o'clock game? You guys want to guess who the Ravens have gotten from CBS for this one? 
I already saw. Oh man. Eric. I feel like for some reason, I feel like this guy gets a lot of lions games. This feels very spot on. This I don't like, know why he feels like a lions guy to me. It, is it on? It's Fox this weekend, right? It's CBS. See, ooh, the ra- oh, well, they, yeah, they're the really team. that up now, right? Yeah, it doesn't really matter anymore. That's the bummer. That. that sucks. That's one that's, of the that's starting to go away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, Armin Katayan. Armin Katayan. I don't know who. Armin Katayan hasn't been on an NFL CBS broadcast in like 15 years. What are you talking about? Come name. on, give me a real guess. When is the last time? When the last time he? Yeah, he wrote the Tiger book. He was, yeah. like, he was like a 60 Minutes correspondent. I, now. He I didn't know he did games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, like 20 years ago. That's the worst guess I've ever heard on anything. Yeah, this oh, is a man. guess that's been an option for, watch the NFL every for week. a long time. If we're being honest, I mean, I watch on Red Zone. So this guy I'm might be the most that. tenured guy that isn't Al Michaels. I would agree with that. It's not Gumble, is it? Yeah. It's Gumble. Is Gumble, it? Adam Archuleta, and AJ Ross are your announcers for a second. Wait, and Adam Archuleta's on, on CBS? Correct. Nance and Romo have Kansas City and the uh, LA. I Harlan even and Trent Green have the Bengals and the Steelers, and Andrew Catalan and James Lofton <laughs> have Colts Titans at one o'clock. And then at four o'clock, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis have Raiders Dolphins. Spiro Didas and Jay Feely has Broncos Jets. Why really? is Eagle on Raiders Dolphins? I mean, that's a two and zero team against a one and one team. That's probably the, their second best game. How many times are they going to show that Fitzpatrick throw from last? I year? guess it would have been Colts Titans, but but the Colts stink. So that would have been, and that's a one o'clock. So Ian Eagle and Charles Davis head to Las Vegas. Good for them. Greg Gumble. Greg Gumble probably coming towards probably coming towards the end of his time, honestly. You yeah, get, it's you pretty low, low run. Greg Gumble, I believe, is like 72. 75. Wow. I mean, that is that's he's he was a veteran enough to do the Super Bowl 21 years ago. Yeah. Greg Gumble's been around for a long time. If anybody's interested in the Fox announcer pairings, I know I am Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson on and Pam Oliver, Bears, Browns, Adam Amin, Mark Schlerich, and Shannon Spake on Saints-Patriots. Saints-Patriots is a good game. I'm, in, I'm really interested to see Justin Fields against Browns. Football mm-hmm. team in the Bills is Chris Myers, Daryl Johnson, and Jen Hale. Falcons-Giants is Kenny Albert, Jonathan Villeman, Sarah Walsh. That's such a Kenny Albert game in New York. <laughs> Gus Johnson, Akeem Tlaib, and Megan O'Leary on Cardinals-Jags. What a crew that is. Gus Johnson and Akeem Tlaib were electric this weekend. And Megan O'Leary is like a UFC. She's like a UFC side. Get, get Gus go. Johnson so far out of my face. Give me all the Tlaib. Oh, wow. Tlaib, but, Tlaib was in an incredible outfit. Buck and Aikman, Andrews and Rinaldi on Bucks Rams, which is a great game. And Kugler and Marks, Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez and Laura Oakham on Seahawks Vikings. Does, um, there you have it. or at least in the past, did Gumble historically do the Thanksgiving game? Gumble has it was at one point the number one announcer. Right? Did Nance do? Does he do the Thanksgiving game? Maybe that's why I like I for years you watch one Lions game a year, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe that's it, why you just see Gumble do that game. The, Nance has probably done it since the mid two thousands. Whenever that Gumble moved to, because Gumble moved to NFL today, yeah, and, and they moved. J, and then they got JB from. We are going to very inside here. Then JB. <laughs> came from Fox to the NFL today at CBS and they moved Gumble back to the booth. And he was like the third, he was like the secondary guy because he was with, he was with, um, he was doing the Ravens playoff game, the Ravens divisional game against the Broncos with freaking, why is his name escaping me? Oh my God. Which guy? 
Oh my God. Um, good Lord. Everyone didn't like, everyone thought he was our buddy and went to Michigan. Why is his name escaping? Older guy. Uh, greasy. No, greasy. no, wait, no, wait. No, he's no, doing no. more and more. Yeah. Greasy's like all over college football right now. Oh, he's doing the Monday night football spots with Riddick. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. But he was doing college football for a while. It's, that's an amazing rise for Greasy, by the way, from college football to the Monday night football. Yeah. And Riddick, honestly, from the like NFL, <laughs> NFL, uh, live to the Monday Night Football booth. Oh my God, this is going to kill me. Riddick's good. I want to see Nate Burleson get more. I mean, Nate Burleson's get, getting more involved than he like, you, What is he on? Yeah. He's on a... And I think everybody wants to see Pat McAfee get more. Yeah. That's it. That's well, Pat McAfee's got the WWE thing going on. Whatever. He's doing WWE on Fridays. He is really good on WWE, by the way. I don't I bet. Uh, Dan Deardorff. Oh no! Took me a while to get there. Oh, Deardorff and Gumble. Took me a while to get there. Took me a while to get Jimbo's there. Jimbo's gonna hear that name and throw something. I'm sure he is. Yeah, it's Deardorff and Gumble. So they were the second, and then they moved Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts in that role, and now it's Ian Eagle and Charles Davis. Oh, Fouts yeah. too. Fouts is so bad. Yeah, people hated Fouts. The bird in the beard. Oh, bird in the beard. Bird in the beard. Um, let's get to our interview here. Uh, actually, we'll, let's make let's make predictions. Let's make predictions, and then we'll get to the interview. Uh, RDT, give me what I, I threw something out earlier. Um, I'll stick with it. Give, give me like I'll say forty four twenty. Whoa, yeah, we're going high. We're going high. I am gonna go. Let me think here. I'm going to go 32 to 10. Justin Tucker kicks six field goals again. No, I'm just wow. kidding. So that's not official. You're changing. I'm, I'm 32 I'm, 10. We're going to win by 22 ish. 35 17. 35 17. Okay. Um, one o'clock CBS. It's going to be nice to just get a normal ass. Yeah, we'll game in the middle first, of the day. The first two games. I mean, it's crazy. I, we don't get a home one o'clock game until week six. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. that is very very weird. That the the let me tell you what the late instant analysis those are taxing the next day. Yeah, those are taxing. You're telling me. Yeah, thanks for our service. <laughs> um, let's get to our interview and then we'll get to our 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 starting five draft of best Ravens regular season wins. We caught up with, I think, one of the, the, the storylines uh, outside of the football field that was big for this Ravens win was the video involving uh, Patrick Mahomes' brother Jackson, who, for people that don't know, is like a social media influencer, TikToker, kind of a little bit of a – I would call him a little bit of an internet rabble-rouser. He kind of just gets involved <laughs> in different things. Um, it's a rabble-rouser. He's a bit of an attention He's a knucklehead. Guy. He's a bit of a knucklehead. And he, um, he along with uh, Mr. Mahomes's um wife Brittany Matthews they've kind of become known for their antics at opposing stadiums I think the New England one was the big one a couple how does that make you feel Taylor about them and their antics yeah I I I think like I would just say that Jackson Mahomes like this is like what he does like Mm -hmm. he his thing and there's nothing wrong with this necessarily like it doesn't really annoy me it's just when you play both sides of it and you're like Oh, I'm upset when everyone comes at me, but like, you're also kind of want that because like, if you follow like the TikTok world or all, he kind of gets involved in all with these TikTok people and is trying to like gain attention. It's it's the so Bryson have- and Brooks thing. What? It's like the Bryson and Brooks thing where he's like, 
yeah. kind of egging it on. And then when it gets back at him, he's like, no, I don't want it. Like, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Now there's a lot of other layers to the Bryson Brooks thing, but involving like golf, but I think that Jackson Mahomes is just like, uh, I think he's just an attention guy. I don't really know much about um, Patrick Mahomes' or, uh, or wife, Brittany. I think she does like similar things with him on social media. Um, but, you know, Jackson Mahomes is an attention guy. He's, he's, that's what he does. He is, he is an attention merchant. He is trying to, to flourish in the attention economy. So You know what he does, Taylor? He gets numbies numbies i mean he likes he tries to get numbies and and people are trying to get numbies off of him and honestly that's what and we talked about in the interview with bobby callaway who's the guy that got the water tossed onto him um by jackson Mahomes after there was apparently some back and forth between the fans like jackson Mahomes was like they looked thirsty like he quote tweeted and said they looked thirsty i thought he was in on the joke like i it then you have like the mayor of Kansas City being like, leave Jackson Mahomes alone. Like, are you kidding me? That's what the mayor of Kansas City is trying dude. to do. That is so that. weird. Now, now Mahomes has to. Th- this is Mahomes has got to hate this because then he's got to ask answer a question about it. He's got to obviously defend his brother. I mean, as we all would do. Um, but his answer was sort of like, yeah, like he knows he shouldn't do that. Like we sh- know we shouldn't be doing that. He's almost like apologizing for your younger brother. Like it's such a classic older brother being like. Well, you don't know it was said, but you can like tell he's like, what is he doing? So we talked to Bobby about it. He was involved in the center of the controversy. He, you know, is enjoying his, his um, virality of fame here, which is always an interesting thing. And I think it's an interesting case study, like 21st century that's just happened to people where they're involved in things and then they're all over the internet. So let's get to me and Banks' interview with uh, Bobby Calloway, longtime Ravens fan and Jackson Mahomes antagonizer. Something magic happens. Back here on the Exit 52 podcast with, I guess, the, a guy that, that, that's having one of the best weeks. I don't know, best week or, or most exciting week or most interesting week among Baltimore sports fans. We have Bobby Calloway joining us, who is the subject of the famous Jackson Mahomes water bottle situation. Bobby, thanks for coming on, man. Just take us through what the hell was going on there at the end in that video. Uh, yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Um... I mean, we recognized it was Jackson in the end of the second quarter when they scored to go up 21-14. Just 30 seconds after that touchdown, you hear uh, just really loud cheer. Like, at the stadium's silent, but it's, like, after the time you would be cheering and just a really, like, girl screaming. And we turned around and we're like, who's, like, cheering right now? And it's uh, – she's standing right next to Jackson. And my girl instantly recognized him from TikTok. So – then Kelsey had that touchdown in the third when he broke all those tackles and they were really giving it to us then. Like they were yelling at our whole section and everyone's like, Oh, this is, this isn't good. And then in the fourth, when we got the touchdown to cut it to five, um, we're kind of yelling back at them. And then we go up one, we get the stop and then we get the fourth down to ice it. And that's when the video was right after the fourth down to ice it. Like we're kneeling, like everyone's running on the field and, uh, he had his phone out, like, videotaping me and my friend. And I was like, why is he videotaping us? So I, uh, I pulled my phone out, and I, we were, like, having, like, a record off, like, against each other. And, <laughs> but then he put his phone away and took – he had a COVID mask on. And when he took that down, I thought he was going to say something, like, talk more trash or say good game. So I got close, and when I got close, that's when he dumped the water on me. 
So there was nothing even said right before it. It was just like, this guy's kind of approaching me and here's an opportunity. And he just like took the opportunity. To well, when he, I was yelling like Jackson, like Jackson, but like nothing personal or anything, nothing more than just like fans, like let's go and like talk. I think some kid behind me said like, I'm so sorry for you, bro. I'm so, so like that. Everyone thinks I was the one that said that in the video, but that was, that was just the guy next to me. I mean, there were a lot of people yelling a lot of things in that yeah, stadium. So, yeah, but it was nothing where I was like, this guy's about to pour his drink on me. It's so. a classic, like, Ron Artest situation where there's just the wrong guy, just, you know, one person hears one thing and they react a certain way. And, and I had my camera out, and I guess I was the closest. So, fair enough. I think from, my girlfriend has a video from like the side angle, and you can see I, it might have been Travis Kelsey's wife or fiance, but. The girl next to him in the video, like, threw something on me, too. But you just can't see it from that angle. Was it water? Uh, or It was water, like, a uh, smaller drink. It wasn't I, – I didn't notice it at the time. I saw it after it felt like water. When did you – when did you realize it was, like, blowing up on the internet? Oh, my God. And that – as soon as – then they stormed away, and I was just like, that was so funny. Like, they're so salty. And I just thought my friends would think it was funny. So I sent it in my group chat. And by the time I got out of the stadium, they had sent it into Barstool and Barstool and posted it or something. It was crazy how quick it happened. Like I never expected anyone would see it other than my friends. But they're like, this is like, yeah. Do you know who like the one person was that kind of got it out there to where it started to just explode? Or it just sometimes those things pile up so quick that you don't even know what like the real catalyst of that I is think your guys barstools uh main account posted it first yeah i wonder who and, picked up on that though like that might just be good digging by our team i mean i have no idea well but, i said his friend uh, sent it to him so yeah my friends oh, okay. sent it to the main account i think just gotcha. to their instagram so i don't I know have it <laughs> what what is what has been like the weirdest or or like a message you've gotten or like, like oh this, this has got to be kind of a surreal situation to see your video all over the internet. Like that yeah. is uh that is like the, the viral virality that everyone's like, Oh, this could potentially happen because everyone's got a phone. So everyone's recording, but you don't, you don't realize yeah. it until it's going on. And yeah, when Barstool posted it, I was just like, this is super cool. Like I followed them forever. And then the next day when I woke up and I just had a million follower requests and like 400 text messages, I was like, this is crazy. And then, someone sent me something from TMZ and someone sent me something from Bro Bible and like New York, New York Post. I'm like, this is just, it's just crazy. And then what was, oh, today uh, in one of my stories, I'm a liquor rep. Um, one of the coworkers just walked up to me. He was like, my 10 year old keeps talking about you on TikTok and he doesn't believe I work with you. Can you sign this thing? I was like, am I really <laughs> signing an autograph to this? Like this is, yeah, that was probably the craziest thing that's happened. I, I did you and I'm, I'm assuming you saw like Portnoy's TikTok that he did like duet again and all that, that stuff. That was surreal. Just him and Tommy Smith and just they even had Brianna Chicken Fry uh like glaring to the side like rolling her eyes. That was all time attention to detail by him. Has there, you, Dave is just mind blowing. Has there been any outreach from from anyone on the Chiefs or the Ravens side themselves, or has it just all been organic like fans and? Yeah, we've all been fans. Uh, 98 Rock uh, called me yesterday, and I talked for like 10 minutes on there. But uh, no, no football organizations have reached out. 
So did you know specifically who he was or your, it sounds like your girlfriend knew who he was from just the because he's got a lot of TikTok for people that don't know that are listening. He has got like sort of a TikTok following. That is like his thing. He's an influencer. He kind of exists in that TikTok realm. Right. Yeah. And I knew who he was because I've seen some of the TikToks before of him just like dancing on the sidelines and everything. And he just, with the new, uh, with all those new rules, like he should be flagged for taunting, like now, just like, <laughs> to everyone. Like they do it in every stadium, and then if you talk trash back, you're the bad guy. It, it's it's he he and um, Patrick Mahomes's wife Brittany. It's they have like a interesting like social media presence I remember that I've watched during the games. Like they they do the tic tac dances and the thing. They're sort of. For lack of a better term, I guess if you're an opposing fan, I, I mean they're just supporting their guy, but obnoxious. So it's I an interesting. Agree with that. I remember something happened in Foxborough two years ago that you guys were all talking about, or Barstool was talking about how obnoxious they were. Again, I don't know if that's the best word, but um, and then afterwards they're just like, well, the fans were all mean to us. It's like fans talk trash. That's kind of part of the game. But and if you're in another state. St- city and stadium being real loud then people are going to talk back to you when they're when their team's coming back did you you happen to see that patrick mahomes commented on it today i I just saw that today that's kind of what i'm talking about it's yeah it was just fans being fans like nothing personal was said sure just for uh, for everybody listening at home i'll read the quote here uh obviously it's something we don't want to necessarily do there were things that were said to him and Brittany, uh Brittany being uh patrick's fiance that you don't see on the clip. He's been good at trying not to respond to that stuff. He takes a lot, and he usually he's usually pretty good at it, and he'll learn from it and try to stay away from those people as best he can. To, to that, I pretty much say, like, if you want to be in that influencer space and kind of ride the coattails of your brother and kind of, you know, ride the ups and downs with that and be a, put your face out there, like, you're going to take some stuff. And from what it sounds like, you kind of were just there and other people may have said things. You weren't even the one who said, I'm so sorry for you. Like, he's got to get some thicker skin, it would seem. Yeah, for real. And especially they were in the stadium yelling and, like, cheering and drawing attention to themselves. Like, they weren't – no one would have noticed they were there if they weren't cheering so loud. So. But, yeah, and he, he honestly kind of played into it. He quotes me in the video and said they were thirsty. He kind of – he kind of – Yeah, Jackson I, said that right afterwards. Yeah, I so I thought – it was interesting that – the comments came after because the, the Kansas city mayor defended him. I thought he was sort of like, Oh, I was just, you know, whatever. He, he, he seemed fine with it. At least from that Twitter response, that seems like eh, whatever it is. Right. It is. And also at the end of the video, you can see the um, other guy that was with him. He's wearing a Kelsey Jersey, like a white one. And he is like smiling afterwards. I didn't know they were, I just thought they were upset after the, like because of the loss, like the dramatic loss. Yeah. Very interesting. And he, he is like, a, he is like, it exists in the TikTok space and like makes noise. That is like kind of his thing. Before we let you go, what is your, are you a season ticket holder? Are you there every week? Um, it's a good friend season ticket. So I'm there maybe four to five games, like half the games. Are you from Baltimore? Yeah, I'm from Baltimore. I lived in Fed Hill right before this. I'm from Towson. Okay, gotcha. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Lock Raven. There you go. There you go. A Taos, as I am a fellow Towson area person. Yeah, uh, Towson University. Gotcha, gotcha. Went to Calvert Hall and went to Maryland. So, uh, in a similar uh, in a similar place there. Um, 
So will you be there? Will you be back uh, for the next home game? Will you be back um, trying to get people to throw water on you, or you think this is a one-time thing? My girl's brother called dibs on the Colts game. I think that's the next home game. <laughs> but, the, but the one after that, I guess if that's the uh, visitor's suites, maybe it's right behind us. You never know what the rest of the season has in store. Never know who's going to be around. Um, who's your favorite Raven of all time? Ed Reed. Okay. Ed, Definitely Ed Reed. Ed just the excitement he could get out of the stadium and just some of his players, how they'd change games. That was, yeah, you got to go with Ed. And then finally, uh, your prediction for the rest of the year. We, we sit here on this podcast. We were freaking out after the Raiders game. We were in euphoria after Kansas City. Uh, as now, you know, uh, a main Ravens personality here on Twitter after your water incident. Now you, you have to get predictions now. What are yeah, you, I, what, I, what I, happens with the Ravens the rest of the year? I think this could be a season-defining moment because it was all negative with, like, injuries and then a bad week one loss. And then things were, like, looking glam. Like, we were down 11, and they had the ball at the 50 at the end of the third quarter. Like, I was almost ready to leave. And then we come back and win that game. We get our first win against the Chiefs. Uh, I think we can go – I think we can win 11 games, go 11-6 and six and get in the playoffs. There you have it. There you have it. Banks, any thoughts? I, I, I think – our odds to win the division are, are shorter now than they were at the beginning of the season. So I'm thinking higher, higher than 11 and six, but you know, there are still a lot of hurdles that maybe the euphoria of that win is kind of masking for us right now. So real excited to see how we just kind of bounce back and try to level it out on Sunday. So I think of anything, Bobby, you've, you've won the Ravens so far in this early part of the season, the best fan video. So <laughs> I appreciate we, that, we can yeah. take that. We can take that to the bank. Bobby Calloway, the subject of Jackson Mahomes' ire and, uh, and a week of, I'm sure, some surreal virality and fame. Um, okay. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Um, and, and keep doing what you're doing for the Ravens. Really appreciate your time. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Back to you in the studio. Back on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Appreciate Bobby for taking some time. Appreciate his girlfriend for actually helping him get set up on the computer. Apparently he didn't know how to do that. So he kind of <laughs> took that out to her as well. Who jumped and talked to us after a little bit. Um, yeah. Just a, just a, a wild situation. It, it's so funny. You, you guys, I guess all three of us, you guys more as like your own personalities. We all like operate in this internet space of like, you know, videos like this. And um it has got to be interesting to be one of the people like at the center of that, where you're just sort of like going about your normal life and then you're all over the biggest outlets in the world. Yeah. It's like a mini version of the, the sons and four guy. Like, yeah, this is just a little, little ride of fame that he's got going here. And uh, yeah, man, I think he uh, both talking in the interview and, and outside of the interview, he just seems like a real chill dude, just a normal guy who just happened to be in a spot where, you know, somebody else said something, but, you know, he was, you know, a guy at a football game. It was all he was doing his own chirping and he didn't say anything that crossed the line, apparently. And I mean, not that what happened to him was egregious by any means either, but it was uh, made for a great video and it got a lot of likes, views, whatever. And uh, yeah, it's it made the victory a little sweeter for everybody, I think. Yeah, it was uh, I think everyone likes trolling Jackson Mahomes. I think yeah. that's also kind of where the world sits on that. Um, you know, it's interesting before we go into the draft, I'll throw this out to you guys. Cause I think Patrick Mahomes is like a very interesting superstar in the sense that he's obviously thrilling to watch, 
He seems like a very good guy. Like I think by all accounts, seems like a very good guy. He doesn't seem like other than like you have like like RDT, you're obsessed with LeBron. You're a LeBron guy, you ride with LeBron, blah, 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 blah. Patrick Mahomes hasn't seemed like he's a guy that has like passed into the like he's just like beloved by random people guy. Like he's beloved by Chiefs fans, and I think is appreciated by everybody. Like I think he's amazing to watch, but you don't see like, you know, people rocking like like a, the Mahomes shoe or like the, I don't, it's interesting. His stardom is just in an interesting spot, which he's got a lot of time for that to develop. But, and he's obviously a gigantic star. But yeah, it's, you see him on the Oakley ads, you know, on Twitter and stuff. But again, it's not like you see you're, he's not in a Gatorade commercial. I don't, I don't think, I mean, he's in a couple things that run during NFL Sundays. What is it? He does. Um, Is it an insurance one or something? He's done something like that, but I know. I, I mean, it, it, it's a good point. And he also, like he's a legitimate. I think. I think it's fair to say that the Chiefs are a Ravens rival right now. Yay, nay, no. Yeah. Looking, yeah. I would. Say when you reach just, a certain level of contender level, yeah. you just become a rival with anybody else who's trying to be king of that mountain. Pretty much. But like, I don't. Do Ravens fans hate him? I don't think Ravens fans hate him because I don't. There may be some that are just like, oh, I hate him. But but I don't. He's a hard that, guy to hate because then the you thing. watch him in other games and he's just so fun to watch. I, that's why he's weird to me because like you think of a guy like Brady or even, you know, Manning Rogers, Roger, like you can gain some just dislike for them Russell Wilson. as like an opposing fan. I, Mahomes is just hard to dislike. He's just very fun to watch play. And it's just, and I'm sure that will come. I'm sure the Jackson, this whole Jackson Mahomes thing, I'm sure we'll, we'll amp it up for Ravens fans. Um, but He's just in an interesting spot. I think he has like not hit the level where it's interesting. Lamar has hit the firm backlash level way quicker than Mahomes ever did. Like where everyone is like in love with you, and then you know things go wrong, and you know then you're in the narrative. Mahomes has still not had that happen. He has not had the like point where which everyone has in sports where everyone flips against them. He has not had that happen. He's he's on the Derek Jeter path right now. They the you know can't do anything wrong. The golden child. The but even Jeter ended up having like oh he can't play any defense. I mean people ended yeah. up kind of like doing some stuff there late in the career. Mm-hmm. And we'll see yeah, where it goes. Mahomes. But like Mahomes reminds me of like early Kevin Durant, where I was like oh my god, everyone was in love with Kevin. Yes, Durant. Steph Curry, Steph Curry, early Steph, Curry. Curry, like the Steph yeah. Curry first championship. Yeah, and I guess no one has really rebelled against it. Steph Curry is a very honestly a really good comparison to Patrick Mahomes, where they're just so unbelievably entertaining and they that they're just and and they're good guys off the field mm-hmm. they're just hard to dislike it's just hard to dislike them both um, of them with sin- significant others who have rattled cages that is true <laughs> that, is, that is true that both is, with brothers that you know seth is all right that's fine he's not bad he's he's fine yeah, seth, he, seth, besides for the I dude mean, he's an nba player yeah that's a hell of a player he's a day the guy spent a lot of time on my fantasy uh, roster. This I week. mean, he can stroke it. Um, let's get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, inspired by the, um, the win on Sunday, we are going to do um, best Ravens regular season wins. 20% off you will get if you use the promo code Fed Thrill. Let me tell you what, people have the thrillies out on at the tailgates during the day. It's tailgate season. Mm-hmm. Why would you not wear your Fed Thrills in the tailgate banks? I don't know. Yeah, it's a, I, it, you'd be silly not to. Um, sunny day the other day. Uh, yeah. 
it's perfect as the sun was setting down low uh and and kind of the twilight of the tailgate scene out there the sun goes down what about 7 7 15 that's right in the sweet spot of the tailgate as you get ready to go cross the bridges over to the stadium from lot H or from wherever you're at um you're gonna want those sunnies on your face and protecting those eyeballs couldn't have said it better myself fed thrill go to them 20 percent off exit 52 is the promo code get yourself some sunglasses best ravens regular season wins gentlemen i apologize for not being there for tailgate crews i was you know absolutely laid up because of strep throat hey psa out there don't get strep throat it's not fun it's not fun mm. um so thank you to marty for jumping in on the tailgate foods i heard about the picks they sounded great best reg ravens regular season wins we're back doing our own normal order i have the first pick banks has the second pick rdt and we really don't know where rdt is going to go with this so this could get very interesting um best ravens regular season wins RDT could absolutely lampoon the draft here. So um, we'll just see where it goes. I have the first pick. Um, and with the first pick in the starting five draft, presented by Fed Thrall, I'm living in the moment. I'm taking the game on Sunday. Jeez. I'm taking, I'm taking the game on Sunday, number one. Overall. We still don't know the ramifications for that thing. We don't. But... I'm taking it. I'm taking the way I just keep thinking about the way I popped off and when. They recovered the fumble that popped off at the end on the fourth down and one. I just want to feel that energy on the first pick, and I'm living in the moment, baby. I, I just saw this game run 4-2-4 at the combine, and I don't care about the interviews I'm having with them later about their character. I'm taking them. I'm living in the Al Davis moment. Just win, baby. Give me the speed. Give me this game. Give me the feeling it gives me. Thanks. Whew. Good spiel. I love it. I don't know that I would have gone that way just because there's just – so much unknown, but okay, here we go. Uh, I think that I referenced this uh, the other day on the incident analysis, or maybe it was last week. I think it was the other day. Uh, I'm going to take the regular season win in Tennessee uh, in 2000 and the Super Bowl year. The Ravens came in at six and four. They had just uh, kind of broken through on their, their, their touchdown drought. Trent Dilfer was the quarterback. Trent Dilfer's driving the team down the field in a tied 17-17 game. There was an 87-yard pick six. Titans return for a touchdown. Al Del Greco had not missed an extra point in his career. It was a seven-year career to that point. Misses the extra point. Trent Dilfer swallows his pride, goes back out there, drives, drives the Ravens right down the field again, uh, punches it into Patrick Johnson to take the lead. Extra points good, 24-23. Steve McNair, in like 19 seconds, I believe, somehow puts together a drive to set up Aldo Greco for another 43-yarder, and Del Greco misses that too. He was like the best kicker in football at that point, um, and he missed twice in a row, one of them being an extra point from where the extra point used to be. Uh, stunning result. Ultimately, for where that team was at, I don't think anybody really expected them to be uh, Super Bowl contenders, and they went into the game five and four, um, and it was the second win in their win streak where they won out to win the Super Bowl. Um, but it was kind of a win that kind of put the team on the map in terms of putting them on notice because the Titans were were the king of the a AFC. They had played in the Super Bowl the previous year. Um, they were by far the favorites to win the AFC Central that year, and the Ravens put them on notice. It was also the first loss in the history of that stadium. They had won 12 straight before that game at home. So the old Adelphia Coliseum. Yep. 
RDT? You have two. So I definitely messed this up. What'd you I'm do? I'm just going to go. I'm, I did. Well, I did. I kind of thought we were doing like most enjoyable games. So I'll do regular <laughs> season. So I'll, I'll, we'll just do that for me. Um, sure. Do whatever you want. Yeah, I'll whatever. go Jaguars, Ravens, 44 7 in London. Uh, Mercedes <laughs> Lewis, three <laughs> touchdowns. Ryan Mallett was six for nine with, I think, 36 yards passing in, in garbage time. I think Nick Boyle uh, led the Ravens in, in receiving yards that game, two catches for 14 yards. Um, just a, a, an absolutely hilarious game to wake up at 9 a.m. and watch. Um, had a bunch of friends go over for the game, and they loved it um, up until game time. It was just – it was a, a, a wild game to watch. I wasn't sure – I wasn't sure, like, what you were going to do. You were clearly going to do what you were going to do there. That is a really funny one you started with. I <laughs> – that, That's very good. You I knew – that's funny because that, that game was just such a train wreck. And I mean, <laughs> that yeah, that I knew that's where you wanted this draft to go, or for that to be the theme of the draft, whatever. So you could do these types of picks. Uh-huh. This game, that game, didn't cross my radar. No, it didn't. Because I had- flushed that game so hard that it just never happened for me. It took me a second to even like think back, and I was like, oh yeah, that, that it's a great pick for the purposes yeah, of what you're trying to do there. Uh, I was at a wedding the night before from a friend in high school and I was so hung over in, in the hotel room. I, I woke up, popped the TV on and it was already a wreck and I just turned it back off, went back to sleep. Real question. Would you, if you're a fan, would you rather have gone to that game and watch the Ravens lose like that or go to London as a Redskins fan and watch them tie the Bengals? I think a year <laughs> earlier, like <laughs> If you, because like I know people who went again to London and it's like you paid all that money to watch the Redskins tie the Bengals. No, I think the tie is way more enjoyable because you I get the whole soccer score. vibe. You get, yeah. it's like, oh, that's yeah. so London. That's oh, so perfectly Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. Okay. Um, my next one, this is tough. <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go. 2007 Patriots Ravens 12 and 0 Pat stay undefeated Jabbar Gaffney 55 seconds left the the, the, the Rex Ryan called the timeout the, the timeout yep and and the the perfect season stays intact for a who did the more. flag through a penalty was that Bart Scott Bart Scott yeah, threw Bart the flag Scott, in yeah. the stands the was that we'll the, and that's the bullshit game right I kind of like that game though because I can say like yeah they went 18 and 0 and then 18 and 1 or whatever but it was like actually the refs botched it by letting a timeout get called by a coach who didn't have the authority to call a timeout, and we did stop them and end their undefeated season. So there was a, you get like a silver lining from my perspective on that. Kyle Bowler balling out too. Yeah, uh, that's like a top three Kyle Bowler game, along with I know we talked. About yeah, maybe if they the other games, some of the other games don't say. Honestly, that you could make a case that if if they pull off that win, Brian Billick keeps his job. And maybe Kyle Bowler sticks around a little longer, and the whole trajectory of the franchise is changed. Joe, Joe Flacco like gets drafted by the Cardinals or something like. Yeah, there's, there's like a whole butterfly. there's an alternate universe where Rex Ryan changed the trajectory of the franchise forever by calling a timeout there that he couldn't call. This is the opposite of a Chris I, Weber. I, someone needs to do a deep dive on that. 
I'm literally my wheels are turning right now. There's also there's also the potential that like they have that great performance, they still fire Billick, but then they hire Rex Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I guess I I don't know that would have changed who the candidate would have been, but you look at that game that season, and you look at the uh, the Phil Dawson field goal. I was that I was at that game where the the ball went over the upright over. but kicked back. <laughs> There's that you look at you could dive into that that season and pick out a handful of games that could have easily gone the other direction. And Brian Billick is still the coach in Baltimore, you know, beyond that season, and you have no idea what happens with the Baltimore Ravens. Banks, you have a pick. I'm taking the Vikings snow game. That's easy for me. I mean, it's just the most crazy game, I think. I think you can make a case it's one of the greatest regular season games ever played ever. It's just ridiculous. I think five touchdowns were scored in the last two minutes and 10 seconds or something like that. Um, you had a relatively boring, low-scoring snow game, which you know we don't get a ton of in Baltimore. And um, the they it just was, was a boring game where like, yeah, you get the snow game and then kind of wears off after a quarter and a half when you realize, oh shit, these teams can't move the football anywhere. And all of a sudden they were scoring at will. It was incredible. You had two, I think two kick returns. Cordell and what's his name? Um, yeah. Uh, Toby Gerhardt broke a run. Toby um, Gerhardt. Yeah. So it's just a game that I don't think anybody will ever forget. And that was, um, I won't spoil picks here, but that, yeah. that whole weekend of football too, all up and down the East coast was like, that was the lions Eagles game where like, there's, there's that like famous slow motion video of like shady McCoy going like face first into the, the snow. Like they, I mean, the whole East coast just got pounded. Oh the- yeah. Just, like, yeah. We just called a nor'easter. Yeah. And that was the chiefs. It was chiefs and Redskins that day, which was just like all ice. And then, it was like the first week of December too. It was yeah, early. It was, it was pretty early. It was, it was just, that was like, and I think, I think Buffalo and the Colts played that game that, that week. That sounds in Buffalo. familiar too. Like it was like, it was so bad. It was, it was t- like, you legitimately could not move the football again until that, like that last two minutes of that. Oh, event. we haven't had a Sunday like that in a long time. Mm-hmm. Global warming. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tough. Good sound mm. effect for global warming. Yeah. <laughs> global Love warming. global warming. Why you get your fed thrills? Um, 20% off. I am going to take, uh, with my first of two here, I'm going to take um, September 23rd, 2012, Ravens 31, Patriots 30 to Torrey Smith post-brother uh, passing away game, which I, I think is one of – I think you'd make an argument it's the most um, – famous Ravens regular season performance just with all of the stuff that went along with it. there's obviously a ton of great you know records broken and, and so it's probably not number one but I just remember being so enthralled by Tori who you know was already beloved by me as a Terp and then at that point became beloved by me as a Raven it's an amazing performance also an amazing football game with the Justin Tucker field goal like just getting inside the upright and the controversy there um Really, really good game. Sunday Night Football at MT Bank Stadium and, and Torrey Smith putting on a performance for the ages in a very emotional situation. That that game will always stick with me. I, I mentioned on Twitter this week, but that kick is the reason why the uprights are five feet taller than they used to be. Justin Tucker, he changes the game in multiple ways. Yep. Still should um, just shoot lasers at the top and just 
be able to track it that way. And then I'm going to take one that, that I guess was, was, was more formative for me. It's honestly the first Ravens, like great Ravens game I can remember. Uh, and that's, that's the Ravens Jags insane game. Mm-hmm. Early September, 2000. Let me find, I have it. 39, 39, 36. Um, which was a little bit of like a, Oh, the Ravens. Um, you talked about obviously the Titans game as sort of a Ravens coming out party. This was too. The Jags kind of had the Ravens number. Jags have been very, very good the last few years. Brunel, they had a, you know, kind of a, a nice era post expansion. Um, and that was an absolutely wild game. And I remember watching that as I guess, what, eight years old or something. Um, and uh, sort of being my first really like formative yeah. memory where I was like, oh, the Ravens are like a real team. Like, wow, this is like kind of interesting. Yeah, um, that, that was like the precursor to the Titans one. Where it was like, but also that's the outlier in that season. Yeah. From a scoring perspective. Yeah. Because they gave up 160 or something points and it was an NFL record. And like 20% of them came from that game. Yeah. Um, And Tony Banks, Tony Banks, Tony Banks. Um, So I'm taking that one. That's an, that's an amazing game. I I have to get that game's got to be on YouTube or something. I really try to like watch that, watch the highlights. Um, Banks. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Ravens win in Pittsburgh in 2011, with the touchdown throw to Torrey Smith. I feel like we had had a lot of back and forth, and then we had lost in the 2010 playoffs to the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Um, we had actually beaten them in Pittsburgh in the regular season the year before, but um, it was maybe. Outside of the Super Bowl season, Joe Flacco's best drive to win a game. He's just a masterpiece the entire time. Um, I go back and watch that drive at least twice a year. Just whenever we play the Steelers, I just watch the drive. Uh, Torrey Smith actually had the game-winning throw kind of go through his hands and then redeemed himself a couple plays later. Um, But I feel like that was like really the height of the Ravens-Steelers rivalry. they had some more games after that where it was pretty, you know, it was heated and some classics, like some other ones I, I can't name because they're on this board. And then we won the playoff game in 2014. But I think of all the games that kind of represent that rivalry, that might be the biggest one. Great call by Al Michaels too, right? For, for, for wins for us, I'll say. It's a great game. It's a great throw by Flacco. RDT up too. I can only imagine. <sighs> Um, getting them two at a time is, is hilarious too. Yeah. I'll go. T- 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 give me New Year's Eve, 2017. Go 31, 27. Bengals, Ravens. <laughs> Tyler Boyd, fourth down. Um, just snatching the playoff. Um, snatching the playoff berth just right out of right out of the Ravens' hands. And the worst part was it sent the Bills to the playoffs and the for the first time in what 20 years. And then we got that fucking clunker of a game. That horrible. <laughs> it wasn't it Jags. I think it was Jags, Jags. Bills. One it o'clock. Really yep. It was so bad. Um, but you know, just the way that whole game went down. Um, it, it was between. It was. I, well, I don't want to spoil it because it, that that game is still on there. But it was between that and another Bengals game. Um, well, you can take but, it right now if you want. No, no, no. I don't want to. Um, In case I, one of us takes. Yeah, it. Yeah, one of you guys may take it. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that was a classic game, setting up for a New Year's Eve party here. I was like, oh, whatever, the Ravens are going to win. I watched Dos across the street, and then Dos. I came home and had to go to a party. 
I, I watched the I watched the pickles. I remember getting snaps of you at that. I screamed in the shower <laughs> in rage. What'd you do for New Year's Eve that night? You remember? Rope walk, third floor. Mm. I don't remember what I did. Open bar situation there. Mm. That was a four fifteen game too, right? Because that's when they put all those. Yeah, four twenty five or whatever. Yeah, four twenty five. Yeah, because I remember it being dark out when it ended, yep. and being like, "Oh yeah. my god!" Like, and then it just rolled right into Dick's, Dick Clark, whatever. Rock New Year's Rock and Eat, baby. Freezing that night. Featuring too. Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, featuring Ryan. All right, God, hey, RIP to the legend Dick Clark, man. Yeah. Never to be forgotten. Um, my <laughs> next, my next one. Uh, we'll go Steelers Ravens week sixteen, week seventeen, week sixteen. Immaculate extension week 15, actually. I think 15, yeah. The Ravens were eliminated. This, a- the standings were so like with tiebreakers, were so that it was basically a worth two games, yeah. Like it, it, the eliminated, the Ra- it eliminated yeah. the Ravens, and they, yeah, they won the Steelers, won the division. And I mean, it's t- the, the catch by, by Taylor's boy to, I mean, he plowed through such through an incredible battle. Was, was it? Mosley and Zach Orr. That was Antonio Brown. Was Weddle. That was Antonio yeah. Brown at the peak of his powers, man. He was so good. Eric Weddle was on that play. And like the 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 hesitation by Roethlisberger, like he almost throws it at first and he doesn't. Just it was an incredible play. Tariko um, on the call. That was like an NBC Saturday night game. Yeah, NBC something. Saturday. Yeah, Christmas. It was. Uh, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Just drove through three. I was ratings. drinking whiskeys at my grandmother's retirement home in, up in New Jersey oh. watching that. Oh, wow. So Jimbo's yeah. screaming at the TV that, that juice checks scored too soon when we took the yep. lead. Mm. He was right. He was right. Jimbo Not always wrong. right, baby. Yep. All right. Thanks. This is back to me, isn't it? Oh, man. Really a downer when Eric picks. They're good picks. They're good. There's picks. so many good games. So many good board. games. Um, I am going to take. It's between two. I think I've whittled it down to two. I'm going to take the 2018 division winning game mm. against the Browns. The CJ Mosley interception of Baker Mayfield. God, there's so many good picks I could take here, though, that are on the same level. I don't freaking love the pick as much as I want to. But it was a, it was a, like a you've arrived kind of moment for Lamar and the team because, you know, he was running half a playbook at that point, and um, they had come from, what, four and five, and then Lamar went seven and one down the stretch or whatever it was, six and one, to get them to the playoffs. And, yeah, the Browns weren't exactly um, – as formidable as they might be now, but uh, the win obviously meant a ton and it being at home and um, kind of reversing the narrative from aforementioned Bengals game. Like it was just big for us. And it was just an announcement to like, Hey, Lamar is here and it's a thing. I think that was the last time CJ Mosley played football. Close to it. Tough. Yeah. And then he celebrated outside of been a tough road for him since then, man. It's crazy. That that is one of the really under reported stories in the NFL is the falling off of a guy that started his career with like four pro bowls and three all pro. It's insane. He was going his way to a hall of fame career. It's really unbelievable. Wasn't that the night that he did uh, (laughs) snow angels in the middle on Instagram live outside of 
Wasn't that that when he was on Instagram live outside of the water, one of the bars in Baltimore? And like, I don't think it was snowing that. No, I, I think it was later that off season, and he was talking about how he was disrespected about not getting a contract. Oh, I thought, yeah. it was I not that, that cold that game. day. I, it was not that cold that day. I I remember because I remember because Delia Floyd was watching the game. Yeah, you're right. Um, shout out Delia Floyd. Uh, I have two here. I have my last two. Um, I am going to first take, I'm going to take two that have, I guess, two personal stories. So I guess maybe they're not the best games. Um, at the time, I thought this was like one of the coolest things I'd ever seen as a kid. I'm taking the 2003 Jamal Lewis rushing record game. Mm. I, I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Like, I remember watching that as a kid and him just like, chugging along chugging along chugging towards the dragon and then breaking the record and i was like that's i will never see anything cooler than that like that record like meant so much and has like been broken since obviously but it was such like a big deal um at the time and jamal lewis was like such a thing at that point and you were like oh my god is he gonna you know the two that then you were on two thousand yards watch and that entire thing that entire season you know he had the injury before and I just thought that it's it's not a it's not a about the game. It's just about the performance, and that was an incredible performance. It was, so it was, it was on my board. Yeah, it was also like the, at the height of like the ESPN like NFL countdown shows, where like I remember watching that highlight a billion times and just hearing Chris Berman like go nuts every single time. So. I love going back to watch the highlights from that game just to remember just when Jamal Lewis got past the last guy, somehow he's the fastest player on the field. It was wild. He looked like he's the best athlete in the world. Like, I, it, at, like at, nobody like that size should run that fast. At 235 pounds. He looked like he was running like four, two, five. It was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. Um, and he was so big. He was just, it was just, it was, an, it was just an incredible, it was, an, it was a spectacle. It was just an incredible, incredible spectacle. Okay, this is the one that I'm taking that is totally off the board and has everything to do with the circumstance that I was involved in. This is a 2009 Week 2 game against the San Diego Chargers, okay, Mm. which I watched at our senior crab feast at the Calvert Hall Cafeteria, okay? One of my buddies from high school, buddies now, is in a fantasy league with them. Peter Reardon was at randomly a Chargers fan. Okay. So he is like, he is like a man against the rest of the world at this like party that we're having in the cafeteria. Ray Lewis made one of the all time Ray Lewis plays when he absolutely starched Darren Sproles through the hole on a fourth and two at the end of the game. And the way the place just absolutely erupted and just started attacking my buddy Peter, like he was like in shambles after the game. Like he was just got straight up eviscerated. And it was just such a Ray Lewis play. Like there are so many great Ray Lewis plays. This play like encapsulated his physicality, his ability to read the game, his IQ, like everything that made him great was like encapsulated, like absolutely killing Darren Sproles, just killing him. He killed him. He killed him. Um, and it was a really great game. Um, I think a lot of people would do another Ravens Chargers game with a, with a very um, notable moment from a guy named Ray. But I'm taking this. I'm taking this 20, 2009 game that really has no relevance moving forward in Ravens history in a season where the Ravens, I think, went like nine and seven or something. Um, but I, and made the playoffs. But 
Um, yeah, I'm taking that. It was an incredible moment at the Calvert Hall cafeteria when Ray Lewis killed Darren Sproles. And I, I just – I will go back and watch that highlight like twice a year. It's an amazing highlight. It's an amazing play by – an amazing play by Ray Lewis. So, I'm taking that. It's, it's not talked about enough that that play is a god-awful play call by the Chargers. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking that the what entire you, time. It's like – What are you doing? You don't have Jamal Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles. Did they have Michael Turner at that point? Probably. Oh, uh, they have somebody else on the roster. They at least have LT. You said 2009? 2009. 2009. They could have had, like, Chargers. Lorenzo Neal at that point. And, again, like, running Michael, it against Michael that. Bennett, Jacob Hester, Michael Darren Scholes, Mike Tolbert, and LaDainian Tomlinson. Mike Tolbert. Five backs mm-hmm. on the team. You know, there are three quarterbacks, Phil Rivers, Billy Bullock, and Charlie Whitehurst. Billy. <laughs> I was going to say. What did you Buster geez. Davis, Malcolm Floyd, Vincent Jackson. Lagude Nane or whatever that guy's name is, and Kasim Osgood with their receivers. They had Antonio Gates. They had Chris Chambers too on that team. Sean Merriman. They ended up going thirteen and three. That's a that was a great team. Was that yeah. when they lost in the playoffs to the Colts? No, they did they beat the playoffs. The, the Mike si- Mike no, Cipher's no, game. They, they lost to the lost they lost to the Jets. Jets. Yeah, seventeen fourteen. Lost to the Jets. Yep. One of the years they just could not get over the hump. Shocker. Uh, they were good. Sean Merriman was on that team. Yeah. Marty, Quentin Jammer. Great name. Yeah, really good name. Really good name. They were good. They they won their final, like, 10 games of the regular season. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. They, they won, yeah, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 games in a row. And I was talking Chargers. Yeah. Awesome play by Ray Lewis. Uh, Banks, your final pick. I'm going to take I'm gonna take the, uh, the diarrhea game. Mm. I'm taking it. I just – Thinking my way through, just like the other night, it's just such a similar feeling, at least in terms of, um, I mean, the stakes were so high last year where we were just on the ropes, just reeling from COVID and and just having some uh, a rough, what, no, October or whatever it was. And um, I remember watching that game and just watching everything fall apart and everything possible go wrong after we had controlled the vast majority of that game and just seeing Lamar in the locker room. And then, like I said, just the defense couldn't stop anything. I remember just the blood just rushing out of my face. Like I just like the season's over. Like we just, everything is falling apart and this is it. This is a sink. The the ship is sinking here. And then for him to, for him to come out and then make that play to Hollywood and then people forget Mayfield went right down the field and scored, scored on us right back to tie the game or I think tie the game. Like JT had to come out and win that game. Like Lamar drove down the field again, at least to get us in the field goal position. And then JT finished the job. Everyone remembers the Hollywood play because it was the first one out of the timeout and it was fourth down and all those good things. Um, but the game wasn't over there, but it was just an incredible game and, I think it was the game of the year in the NFL in 2018 or, or 2018, 2020. Um, and uh, it's, it's the, probably the reason we made the playoffs last year. Good pick. That was a hell of a game. All right, Eric. I'm going another game from last year. Hard fought game, an overtime game. You want to talk about a guy who is as big as he is and shouldn't be as fast as he is, just flat out running by people. 
Titans Ravens 30 24 in overtime. Derrick Henry with uh, the all time, the touchdown run, 133 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Titans are down 21 10. Mark Andrews had a, a nice catch, and I just remember being like, Well, this game is over. I'm pretty sure I texted you guys, like, Let's do the pod. And a uh, classic RDT, like, <laughs> Let's start the pod. So Sunday like, at 2- like, 15 p.m., you can set your watch to it. Yeah. Worst text I get of the week. <laughs> Mar- Marty had the one th- last week, the Raiders game, I think. I think uh, I had one, and then Marty had one, too. You sent one during the Raiders game, for yeah. sure, in the middle of the first quarter. Yeah, being like, let's just get this done. With. Um, but, no, that was, a, you know, I, I personally, I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, and then just coming on here and drinking a nice cold Coors Light that was, like, expired for, like, 16 months. <laughs> it was, like, the most expired beer I've ever had. Um, it, was just a, it was a lot of fun. And that's why I like that this list is regular season games. Regular season games. Sorry, I'll say that. All right. I took Kansas City 2021, Ravens Patriots 2012, Tory Smith game, Ravens Jacks 2000, the Jamal Lewis rushing record game, and the 2009 Ravens Chargers in San Diego. Banks took Tennessee in 2000, the Vikings snow game, the Ravens win in Pittsburgh in 2011, Tory Smith game winning touchdown, 2018 division winning game against the Browns and the diarrhea game against the Browns. RDT took the Jags Ravens game in London, the Raven the Patriots stand defeat game in 20, 2007, the New Year's Eve debacle against the Bengals, the immaculate extension and Ravens Titans 2020. What a set of picks from you, Eric. Uh, my, I didn't have a ton of honorable mentions. The Hushman's auto win against the Steelers game winner. Texas Stadium finale, the Anthony Wright 2003 comeback against the Seahawks, the Josh Wilson walk-off pick six against the Texans, uh, and Lamar versus Seattle last year, and Lamar versus Miami. They were running uh, not bad for a running back. Okay, yeah. I had a bunch of those on my list. I had the Lions game. I don't know if you mentioned that one, the 61-yarder by Justin Tucker. Uh, With that, I also had the Thanksgiving win over the Steelers where – Le'Veon Bell got knocked out cold at the goal line, fumbled it, and then they reviewed it, and then they scored a touchdown, and then they called it off, and then they scored the touchdown again on fourth down, and then it came down to the two-point conversion, and Shockey Brown, of all people, face-guarded, I think it was Emmanuel Sanders, but he didn't touch him. He didn't interfere with him, and Sanders kind of dropped it, didn't play it well. Anyways, that was a three-week stretch, and I mentioned this on Twitter today, where it was Steelers with that Thanksgiving win. It was the Vikings snow game, and then it was the Lions 61-yard field goal game, where the Ravens went from um, five and six to eight and six. You know, they were Super Bowl defending champions at that point, and they were pretty much dead in the water. And these three wins they pulled out of their ass all in the last minute. Um just like the most incredible three week span I think any team could ever expect. And honestly, it's the reason why I blog at Barstool Sports because it's when I had a sample blog going. And I wrote about all these games and it caught the eye of um, Nate. And that's why I ended up blogging at Barstool. So shout out to Justin Tucker for finishing the job there. Anyways, was that, was that the Tomlin on the field game? I think so. I think it was because I. I was like, oh, I'm going to pick that game for my list. 
And then I looked it up and they lost and the, the Ravens won. And I was like, oh shit, I can't. Yeah. And it said they did, the Steelers didn't get a two point conversion to at the end of the, it was 22, 20, the final score, I believe. Mm. There was a, an overtime win in Pittsburgh in the shitty 2015 season where I thought it saved our season in September. Um, so I had that on my list just because it was an exciting one. Um, I don't know that you said the Ravens Rams Monday night football game, Taylor. Not you picked off play. a bunch of games from that season. I think that one deserves a shout out as well as the, the 49ers game that year was awesome too. Yep. Um, the Joe Flacco five touchdown first half in Tampa where I wrote Ugh, my post game blog by one forty five. You had the post. Yeah. I was going to say, tell us the time that you had it up. It was like one forty five. It was great. Um, <laughs> you, you said Flacco to Hushmanzada. Um, the Sunday night football game against Pittsburgh where Jamal broke the 2000. Yep. I think that we needed to win that to secure a playoff spot or something. I believe so. Oh, I think, I think somebody lost earlier in the day. So we had already clinched it, but we were just like, fuck it. I'm not sure. But um, you said the Cowboys stadium one, the Seahawks one. Uh, hey, diddle diddle, you reference. And then the Will Hill game. Right about the Will Hill game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there are many more. So if people have more, make sure to send them into us. There were there have been a lot of a lot of notable games throughout the years. Um, thank you once again to Fed Thrill for sponsoring the starting five draft. Exit or exit 52 promo code 20% off of all of your sunglasses needs. Nick Kander Medley, Maryland person of the week. RDT. I'm gonna go my buddy. Thanks, Nozem. Uh, our, our friend Tyler Sperry for tweeting out my text to him, which I 150% believe led to the Ravens doing the, the Omar whistling to come out for the team on Sunday night. I was just texting him and Johnny from Jimmy's and was like, the Ravens are dumb if they don't have Lamar come out last and turn off the lights on Sunday night. And then like Chad Steele was tweeting back to it and a bunch of the other like PR people and, and Ravens people were liking it and putting eyeball emojis on it. And it happened. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it feels like that was two weeks ago, but the game was two days ago. Well, yeah, I don't know it why was... it feels like it's separated from the game in some way, just because that well, game it also... was such a roller like the tweet, the tweet went out before the Oakland game. That's why it seems like so long ago, too, because then yeah. after when, when they lost that Oakland game – or Oakland – uh, the Vegas game, it kind of was like, oh, it kind of lost. People were like, oh, this, forget this game. It's not going to go good. It's not going to go well anyways. But it was kind of like I was playing softball when it happened. And then I get a text like, holy shit, they, they played the Omar whistle. And I was like, oh, kind of cool. So I thought uh, slow, slow week for me too. And I didn't think picking Derrick Henry would be a good, be a good, uh, a good pick for I mean, this. You can, so. pick whoever, you can pick whoever you want. You just pick no, no. five horrible Ravens losses. So I'm not sure. Oh, why well, it's well, horrible to you, but did you have any honorable mentions for that? Yeah. The, the Bengals, uh, AJ green, like the ball is batted up. 15 we, the Ravens won that game. Did they? Yeah. They won in overtime. They won in overtime. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's, uh, that's why. It was a Hail Mary to tie the game. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Did, and they, oh, they went to overtime and, no, I guess the Bengals. And Justin like, Tucker I, kicked a field goal, and then he did whatever dance was the hot craze. Oh yeah, swept um, it, and then you sweep it. Yeah, that one. Forget it. Yeah. That, that was that was the old overtime, right? Where they both had to have the ball, I believe. The, that's what we have now, but 
Well, no, you don't have to have the ball. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Back then, you didn't. Ha- both teams did yeah. not have to have the ball. Okay. Anyways, All right. um, yeah. But any other ones? No, I think that was it. I almost want to do. I almost want to do a draft of those. Just like maybe at some point where you just we just talk about the most miserable Ravens games we ever had. They're few and far between. Maybe we mix Orioles games in too. Thirty to three. We're opening a can of worms now. Um, How much time are we going to have for that? Yeah, we got. That'll just be the podcast for another one. Um, (laughs) Taylor's face. Taylor, you want you want to go or am I taking it? Yeah, I'm taking Maryland. Baltimore name. I'm taking uh, Lamont Wade, Lamont Wade Jr. What a score he is. Nice. Um, Triple A three months ago, now leads Major League Baseball, six go-ahead hits in the ninth inning or later. That's incredible. He's a starter for the best team in baseball, arguably the best team in baseball, Giants. Um, in the ninth inning this year, he's hitting 632 with 11 RBIs, a home run, a triple, a double, and a 1.597 OPS. Um, he came back to Maryland over the offseason, worked with a mutual friend of all of ours, Matt Swope, um, and has become really one of the great, great stories in Major League Baseball. Um, and uh, he is a legend at Maryland for his performance in the 2015 regionals against UCLA, um, where he was that weekend maybe the best player in the country um, and was on an all-time heater. Probably would have been All-American that year. He not gotten hurt for 25, 30 games. Um, and uh, played at St. Paul's. Played in Maryland, so local guy through and through. Brother Jamal also, he's got to give a shout out to a great guy. Played in Maryland as well, St. Paul's as well. So shout out to Lamont Wade Jr. Um, his parents are at the games. They're calling him late night Lamont. I mean, the whole thing is just wild. To me. Mm. So good for good for Lamont. Monty, I think Monty Connolly, Wade. Connolly did a good article like sometime last week on like some guys that local guys the Orioles have missed on, or like how did this guy get away. And he was like the highlight of it. And they again, they Swope, Swope has told me he was like he was like calling the Orioles and being like, "You gotta, you gotta go get this guy. Like this guy's better than what the Twins have been doing." Which is mm-hmm. nuts. He he had Good a job city the connect, the city connect um, giveaway jersey or giveaway shirt the other night, like a couple weeks ago. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's, He's like become beloved by the city of San Francisco. It's amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing story. I mean, it, it it like I said this to somebody today at work. The, the Orioles have a very or no, I said it on here. The turtle. The Orioles have a very legit or Maryland has a very legitimate chance for the second consecutive year to have two guys playing against each other in the World Series and Brandon Lau and Lamont Wade. It's amazing. It's amazing. Two guys that batted back to back on the same team. He's up right now, so I'm I'm watching him. Hmm. Crazy. So shout out to Monty Wade. Legend. Absolute freaking legend. Thanks. I wanted to make a point this season to not just like turn this award into just my favorite player from the Ravens game in a given week, but I have to give it a def. A, yeah. A de- oh my, why can I say his first name right now? Odafe Owe. I think I still botched it. It's gotta be him. He, he was the best player early. Me see, he made the biggest plays in, in the biggest spots the other night, which I know is something I rambled on about the other night in terms of, oh, we just made a big play when we needed a big play. Um, the fact that he's been so impactful through two games at a position where you usually don't see an instant impact, at least not late in the first round of a draft, is incredible. He's a freak athlete. We all knew it, but we all had our apprehensions about the fact that he didn't have any sacks. Um, but the guy is an animal. He's an absolute specimen. Um even when you're not, he's not necessarily making a play on the football. 
his speed and his ability to get into the backfield is a, is affecting the way that these these offensive lines are are protecting. There's the one clip that was going around yes or today maybe, and and the the Chiefs are backed up against their own their own goal line and he absolutely dusts Orlando Brown with an inside move like he absolutely dusts him. And then I've seen him make a couple plays this season where he chases down a ball carrier from the backside of the play um, where the offensive line, you know, on the one side of the field is blocking our guys pretty well. And he just chases them down and keeps it at a one or two yard carry. He, he's just making all kinds of plays in ways that we never could have expected him to at this point. And I think that, um, you know, the sky's the limit for him. It's, it's incredible. And given the, the juxtaposition of, of the trade, with Orlando Brown, and then we're looking at Ronnie Stanley here. That I'll be honest, guys, I don't think we're going to see him the rest of the season. I think it's 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 just like incredible that that cushions that a lot because like we would love to have Orlando Brown still, given the circumstances. But if that is our quote unquote consolation prize, like we may have already won the trade right there. Ravens are going to need to create pass rush without blitzing. It's pretty clear. Yeah, and uh, if he's the guy that does that, that's going to be very valuable. Exactly, that's certainly a good well thing. Is Lamont the, Wade oh, was six inches from a RBI double there. I, I thought that was fair right off yeah, the bat. I was like, "Oh, that's fair. I'm going like this," and then they showed it was clearly fair. Yeah. Um, is the OA had no sacks during his during his last year in college? Is that going to be like the new for the Ravens fans at least? Like, like the the um, Jimmy Graham played basketball. I think it's going to get mentioned a lot, especially if he has like 10 sacks or something or nine yeah. sacks. Be like, how did this guy have any sacks in college? I think it will get mentioned. Yeah, I it's going it to turn into the like – I was trying to think of like a Baltimore equivalent to that. Like, I don't know. Uh, Jeff Rebelay couldn't hit anything except Randy Johnson. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, any honorable mentions from anybody? Wow, absolute blank <laughs> honorable mention. I, I mean, Lamar two. Jackson was awesome too. Like, I have two. Talia Tunga Bailoa. Yes, good, game good winning, pick. Game tying and game winning drives for the Turks in an absolute slog. Let me tell you something. Nine o'clock FS1 East Coast. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Come on, Big Ten. Come on. I'm going to call my friends at the Big Ten. I mean, what are we doing? That, that totally defeats the purpose of Maryland being on on a primetime slot. Everyone's asleep. I had so many people that were like, yeah, it was great. I woke up and saw the, the end at the end of the morning. It's like, what are we doing? What oh, time was that? Singles up the middle. Unbelievable. Nick Kidder, Redley, Maryland, first of the week. What, uh, what time was the Minnesota game last year? Eight o'clock. Okay. That so that's reasonable. A, that's a big hour because the, the Maryland's going to play hour. this Iowa game. That is a big hour. When you're starting, especially they slid the game because that. Because MLS went late, it's like oh, Red was... Bulls and New York City FC, whatever it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a tough when you're starting at like nine thirteen. Um, so, but Turks got it done. Shout out to uh, shout out to Tilia. Shout out to Greg Gross from the walk on had two sacks to uh, to put the Turks in position to uh, to get that win. And now they play Kent State on Saturday. Uh, and one final one, um, I went and saw the new Marvel movie, Shang-Chi. Great movie. Great movie. So if anybody, if people are out there and the listener like the MCU, very good addition to the MCU. Aquafina 
incredibly funny. I don't know if you guys are aware of her. I've only seen her in commercials, and I'm like, who she, the hell is this? I don't even know that. I didn't know that. Very was funny in this movie. This is a very entertaining movie. So, hadn't been to a theater in a while. Went and saw it by myself. It was a great time. I like seeing movies by myself. Have you guys ever do that? Uh, a couple times. I haven't done it. A, I haven't seen a movie in a theater since well before COVID, but I've been kind of itching to, to be honest. It's kind of fun. It was fun. I went and, you know, got some popcorn. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I got a couple that I've kind of cooked up here. Uh, a couple honorable mentions. Uh, John B. Just gonna give it to John B. Oh my Finished god! Finished season two out of Banks B. finally. Yeah. So late on that. John but, yeah. B. I know I'm late, but um, shout out to John B. I'd die for John B. Um, Me too. And then uh, I'm just gonna give like a future one. I was like thinking to myself, oh, that, you know, we'll do this next week. I'll pick out whoever I want to next week or whatever. I'm just gonna give it to Tony Fee now in advance oh, for him picking up call. four big points for the U.S. in this weekend's Ryder Cup. Uh, I'm excited for the Ryder Cup. Everybody should be. Um, there's no reason why the Americans should lose. There's no reason they should ever really lose, but they tend to lose more often than they don't. Than they don't. Um, I think Whistling Straits is going to fit their uh, profile a lot better than the Europeans, even though there's going to be some wind, um, some mild weather. I don't know, but um, I'm excited for it. There's it's just a different golf event. Match play is awesome. I think everybody wants more match play. It's just not always the most TV friendly thing out there. But when you get the crowds going and you get the team aspect, um, there's not much better than the Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup is kind of wild because – I always anticipate it starting on Thursdays. It doesn't. It starts on Friday. It doesn't. It stinks. The President Cup starts but, on Thursdays. But but you feel like when you've watched, like after the first three sessions, you feel like it's been going on for like five days. Like it is like a, one of the short, like the one of the shorter events that feels long. It just feels incredibly long. Um, but it's great. I can't wait for it. I it is tough it. that it goes up against NFL football. That's that's where that's where you and me with the double TVs coming. I know. Here. Yeah, I might go triple on Sunday. Mm. We'll Red see. Zone and Ryder Cup is not a bad little gate. You got, you got a one o'clock game this this weekend, Taylor. But I guess when they finish, it'll be for the four o'clock window. Yeah, let me tell you what we're gonna have. We we we'll have to as we end the show here. If the Ryder Cup is really coming into a fever pitch, you and I are gonna be incredibly like distracted. Live. Incident analysis slash Ryder Cup incident the Ryder Cup, is, the Ryder Cup is going to be like very much coming into. Well, hopefully the U.S. just has it locked up. Hopefully it's not dramatic. To be honest, correct. Well, it'd be nice to. I mean, it's almost dramatic, but hopefully the U.S. has already you know kind of has has it done and dusted. But as we've seen before, that doesn't necessarily matter when you get to Sunday once the singles matches start. Um, so I'm 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 anticipating a big week from the X Men, baby gold medal champion america's america's favorite son there's people shooting usa at him at at caves oh inject that into my veins come on xander come on xander give me those puntas baby four rookies for the u.s four rookies three for senior baron weisberg was fourth in points huh I'm looking up yeah uh, it's their uh, point system is, got all all weird. This is also just the, fu- the final thing with the Ryder Cup. This is also this is the week for the Poulter stuff. It's I mean the Poulter stuff is fun. Poulter, it's is why fun. he exists. Yeah, this is his this is his event, and this could be his last one at forty five years old. Yeah, honestly, like if he didn't do a lot to warrant being on the team, other than just being awesome yeah, at them in the past. He's played pretty yeah. well this year. Yeah, it's you know. 
No, I'm not well enough to be they on have the to put team. him on the team. They have to put him on the yeah. team. They can't not put him on the team. He, he is on these teams until he's done at this point. Yeah. And honestly, you look at the drop-off behind some of their top guys where it's like Lowry and Weisberger, you're just kind of like, well, who are we going to take? Like uh, Robbie McIntyre or, or Ian Poulter? And the you answer is going to be Ian Poulter. Yeah. Um, now let's talk in Ryder Cup. Well, that's enough for this week's episode of the XMQ podcast. We will be back. Um, instant analysis post Ravens Lions on Sunday. Um, in it, and that will obviously release right after the game. And we'll be back for the normal Wednesday recording next week. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media channels at XMQ podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Eric is oh. at oh, go ahead. Sorry, buy, buy go for it shirts. Oh, sure. We made yeah. the go for shirts in the Barcelona sports store. Go buy those. Um, and yeah, the, the ABV on the uh, incident analysis is going to be a lot lower this week. I expect. Yeah. Go buy the shirts. What's what? Um, and go buy the, uh, go to third level midnight, buy the X-Men two shirts as well. Yeah. Um, so go buy all the merch, follow the Barstool banks at E D I T T I 22 on Twitter. You can follow me at Taylor's Mike 10. Make sure to, give the podcast a rating review really appreciate all the support not only people listening to the podcast but all the support on the social media channels as well that that helps us out when everyone interacts with that stuff uh, and very much appreciate all of that we will see you next time on the exit 52 podcast presented by jimmy seafood